<laughs> that that was a day zero SEO trick. That that was back in the day when SEO was really spammy and it was keyword stuffing. You would find websites with just a white space at the bottom. If you highlighted the text, BMW got absolutely mm. hammered for this back in must have been like 2006 or something. This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another episode of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotly UK. Today we're joined by Dave Oldacre to dive into the art and science of SEO, search engine optimization. We're going to leave with Dave's take on an SEO first strategy for your website and for your content. We're going to look at how SEO and PPC can and should relate to each other and a couple of tools that can get you started without spending a huge budget to get your SEO up and running uh, and a base level effectiveness. I hope you enjoy the podcast and as always, happy marketing. All right, Dave, first of all, thank you so much for, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Tammy. It's good to be here and hopefully uh, be able to share some, some good insights and some good knowledge around SEO with everyone in, in the world of marketing. Yeah, let's dive into it. And I want to start with almost like a definitional thing, because SEO is one of those, it's probably the only one that I, it's the first, I'm going to start that again. Um, it's the first sort of section of marketing I think of that nearly always has its own its own role or its job switch. You don't, you don't tend to get an email marketing specialist necessarily, but you will quite often get an SEO specialist, SEO executive, whatever you want to call it. But um, but just from talking to it, so you don't think that that is the right way to approach it, do you? No. So something which I've been trying to champion for for a lot of years now is this notion of SEO first. Um, so you know, I've worked for for everyone from small businesses to to big blue chip international companies, agencies, and everything in between. And one of the things that I've always noticed at every stage of my career path has been, you know, SEO is very much an afterthought. And it's very difficult to implement SEO after the fact. You know, it's a bit like the old adage, you know, trying to shut the stable door after the horse has bolted. You know, if you don't get it right first time, what you tend to get is, you know, potentially penalties and, and impacts on your appearance in search results, um, which can be harder to recover than it is to get them right in the first place. Um, and I think, you know, that that thinking is about getting SEO and, and the team that handle search involved from the start of a project. So, you know, typically I've seen things go live, creative campaigns and everything go live. And the day of launch, it's a, oh, do we need to think about SEO as part of this? When actually, you know, there's so much insight that's available to everyone, you know, through an SEO, through someone who's involved in search engine optimization, that that can really be um, a great contribution to any kind of project, whether it is a, a creative project or whether it's, you know, the, and the big one is always website rebuilds. You know, you tend to get um, development teams going off with creative artwork teams going off and building a website. Um, but actually getting STO involved at that stage can provide loads of insight about user experience, how people are engaging with the website, as well as how people are finding that website and that business through search engines like Google. Right. So yeah. So can we yeah, I'd like to dive into that a bit more in terms of because it, it does seem like it solely belongs to marketing in most most business setups. In terms of 
suppose yeah dev teams creative designers like what what are the basic things that people who aren't marketers need to know about seo to to do that effectively where do, where do they start what's their jumping off point if you like yeah so i i think for me a lot of what this is about is actually just reminding people that seo exists that it's a thing but actually you know one one of the other things that i i am quite vocal about as well is that actually seo shouldn't probably exist as a function you know if if everyone did their little bit you know seo is about doing lots of little things right there's no like one big thing so developers it's about making sure you've got lean code and you're not loading in uh, plugins which slow website speed and things like that so if everyone did their little bit and if creative copywriters you know understood keyword research and how to incorporate kind of the user intent and what the user is looking for and how that ties into what search engines are looking for then there wouldn't be a need to optimize copy so there's all these little things that can add up but quite often like I say what what happens is seo gets forgotten about it's a group of people who sit there and do some kind of magic after the fact um, and so because they get forgotten about they're never really thought about up front at that you know instigation of a project um, so i think the key point is first of all that it exists second of all this isn't about doing more work it's about working smarter not harder um, and again, I know that's a phrase that a lot of people like to use, but this genuinely is the case. Because if you optimize a website that's in development for, for load time before launch, when you launch that website, it loads quickly from day one. If you try and optimize that website after launch, you've already gone live with a website which is slow to load. You've then got to find the development resource to go back in and update the website when the same development team probably has other priorities from within the business. And that's always typically where SEO runs into challenges because there's always these competing priorities of, do we do this for SEO or do we do this for product development? And it's always then a, becomes a resource question, but also a revenue question of how you justify the revenue of a product development versus how you justify the revenue of an SEO development. When if you'd have focused on that from the start, you wouldn't be having those conversations. So from a wider business perspective, it actually makes you know, the future development of a platform or a product or a service a lot more efficient because you're not having to fix these little things. Yeah. Um, in terms of competing resources, I think you quite often get SEO and, and PPC, pay-per-click advertising, kind of lumped together in this sort of acronym ball, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess if I did, is, is that fair? Are they are they siblings? Are they close cousins? Or are they sort of really competing against each other in that fight for resources that are driving revenue? Yeah, so I, I think this is something which, you know, historically and having worked agency side, you know, where you've got SEO and PPC working on the same account, what you tend to have is, is them effectively at loggerheads with each other because they're fighting for the same traffic source they're both fighting to earn users through search engines like google um, and i think the problem with that and the reason they end up at loggerheads is because they're each trying to report success and they're each trying to prove their own channels insular value to that client to retain their spend whether that's a, a commission or you know on media spend or whether it's a, a retainer for seo activity i think what often is missed 
Uh, I think it's probably less so now with a lot of you know agencies who really have grown an awareness of you know kind of the working relationship between these two channels is that those two channels don't always have the same audience within search engines you know say for example you know i used to work on you know a brand that sold fuel cards and this, i mean this was a really competitive space you know small business lead gen and you know they would bid really high on ppc and just show a landing page with effectively a title and a form to drive those lead gen you know kind of sales in but from an seo perspective we made a handful of changes on the website launched a few new landing pages a little bit of longer form content and we were starting to generate real value for the business not just from an immediate spend which if you turn it off that value goes away but from a longer term potential value because you're generating this content which will live on for a long time and we know from experience with google you know the longer content has been published if it's kept up to date if it's kept accurate and valid that starts to grow you know and that older content starts to grow authority um so it almost becomes it's a bit like wisdom you know the older some content is and the longer it's been around and the more people link to it and the more up to date you keep it and relevant you keep it you know it's seen as more trustworthy and so that was continuing to generate you know leads for that business beyond actually having created that content so i think actually you know where they can work together is understanding where seo is finding benefits and understanding where ppc is finding benefits and making sure there's not too much crossover there so you're not bidding you know you're not spending your ppc budget on areas where you're already doing very well with seo and i think i was going to ask like it seemed i came i can't remember where i came across it now but it came a suggestion that seo is kind of a free ppc keyword research but it sounds like you have to take that with a slight twist and say you know these are the keywords that we're getting getting the long-term interest in so these so but you, you don't steal that traffic for your ppc you actually say what where's the where are the gaps in this traffic and that's that's not a, that's a point of view i've not actually considered before that's really interesting yeah, I think it's, you know, it's not just about looking at PPC here as well. There's other marketing channels that form part of that digital marketing mix. So, yeah, if you take a look at an affiliate program, there's lots of businesses that run affiliate programs. And if you're not careful, you end up robbing Peter to pay Paul because a lot of affiliates will go out and target traffic from search engines like Google. So, you know, a lot of businesses think they get to a certain size. They're thinking about acquisition opportunities and they go down that affiliate route without perhaps realizing that a lot of those affiliates will be really well versed in creating great content for a number of niches and if you're not careful what happens is those affiliates actually start to charge you for traffic which you could have earned yourself <laughs> uh, and when you start to think about the budgets you're then involving in affiliates and paying them commissions especially if you've got you know certain products in certain sectors i've seen commission payments 60 70 pounds a lead you know, when you start to add up those lead volumes, you're very quickly getting into the realms of employing a full-time, you know, kind of a full-time head to take on, you know, you could take on that extra work with that person. Um, so it's really important to think about SEO as part of the wider mix. And I think to, to just kind of add to that as well, there's still a notion that organic search and SEO drives free traffic. And I mean, that's something that needs to be smashed completely because yeah, every market, regardless of whether it has a direct media spend has a cost to it 
you have to employ someone to run that team. You have to pay for tools, you know, and, and different platforms to do your research. Maybe employ a content writer and you know things like that. So there are inherent costs to SEO as well. So it is it is beyond a, a free kind of service that it used to be. And I think in the early days of SEO, where it was stuff a few keywords into a page, that's long since gone. Um, but this myth that it's free traffic seems to have seems to have stuck a little bit. Yeah, I suppose it is a little bit hard to quantify precisely what the cost is when the cost is predominantly time, especially if you're, yeah, if I said you're getting your developer to spend extra time making the code lean, then that, you're right, there's not a, there's not a monetary cost to that, is there? If you employ the developer, obviously if you outsource them and then they charge you per hour, then you can probably put a cost on it. But if you're doing it with an internal team, then that gets, gets, gets lost somewhere. Yeah, I think that's the the word lost is the the key term there. I think it's always possible to put a cost on things because we do business cases for you know an investment in a new you know avenue of a business. You know you'd always cost that up, however complex it is. So you can always get back to a cost. It's just how much detail you put into it, and I suppose what level of accuracy your business is looking at. So. You know, with platforms like Google Analytics, it's very easy to see which channel is driving which sale. And albeit that would be from uh, a last click. So the last channel that a user has accessed your website through. So last uh, last click attribution modeling, which is a topic from another time. But you can always get back to it. But sometimes it's a little bit harder than you'd like it to be. Yeah, I, I've been on a thing for a while that attribution is the biggest issue for marketers. And this thing, veering slightly off topic, this whole Google getting rid of third-party cookies is going to do a number on that as well. But that's that's again a whole a whole podcast episode in itself, probably. Um, just to wind it back a little bit, where, what kind of what tool sets are? Is it? I think marketing is probably a. It's the it's the home to the most magpies that I've ever seen, and I I fully include myself in that. You think, oh, new tool, that's fine, let's go and do that. Like is is there a is there an essential toolkit that people can start with before they go sort of throwing their money into every little gizmo that comes along with with a shiny ad for it? Yeah, I, yeah, there is. The, the, there are like anything, you know, or like most things, there are ways to start out on a shoestring budget. You know, you don't have to go and pay you know three four thousand dollars a month for you know kind of the enterprise level tools. Um, it's like most things just start small, learn the basics, and then you can start to invest as you start to learn more. And whether that's in people or resources, and arguably, you know, investing capital up front in technology and, and platforms is great. But unless you've got people on site to actually implement the changes and the findings that these tools help you to, to uncover, there's no point spending money on those tools. Now, in terms of how to get started and what to get started with, there's there's a few things. So I would absolutely, you know, kind of call out some free platforms that Google offers. So Google Analytics is a great place to start, you know, and that won't necessarily call out big SEO, kind of this is an SEO problem. But what it will tell you is things like how users are engaging with your content. You know, have you got a high bounce rate? Now bounce is when someone visits a web page on your website and leaves without doing any other interaction. So without visiting any other pages. Now, these things 
all get taken into consideration by search engines when they're looking at understanding ranking. Now, things like bounce rate, you know, time on site, time on page, what they tell search engines is, are users finding your content engaging? And content is a really big thing in SEO, you know, creating the right information and sharing knowledge and insight with your, you know, not just your customers, but your potential customers. And it almost comes back to a topic called um, unique value proposition. Now we've all heard of a USP. Well, a UVP yeah. is about how you can add value to a purchase or to a customer's experience. And quite often this comes in the form of content. So what can your content add to a user? Will it help them to use your product better? Will it help them to come back to your site and understand something else in more detail? So the, the value of that content and understanding if people are using it will tell you whether you're creating the right kind of content. You know, are you talking about the right topics? Are you maybe formatting it in the right way? If you've got, you know, and this is typical with mobile, if you've got a long form piece of content, that could be really hard to read on mobile because you're scrolling a lot. And so this is where you might want to see if you've got a lot of long form content and it's not really getting much traction in terms of, you know, reading time, you know, it's getting a high bounce rate, perhaps consider using video because then when you bring video into it, it's a lot easier to consume on mobile. And um, so that's Google Analytics. There's lots of other things as well out there, things like Google Trends. So this is a, you know, a website, I think it's google.com forward slash trends that you can go to and start typing in your product name, for example, or the sector that you operate in. And you can see information on how search interest, so how frequently this is coming up in search results. And it won't give you the amount of people that are searching for that topic, but it will show search interest. So a broad trend of are more people searching for it now than were searching for it this time last year. It will also then show you related search terms. So other similar terms that people are searching for. So let's say you sell uh, used cars. You may yeah. go to Google Trends and search for the topic used cars. It may, you know, Google Trends may then come back and say, what about prestige cars or luxury cars? And that's where you can start to relate it back to what you sell and think, oh, well, we do sell prestige cars. Perhaps I need to focus on that a little bit as well. Um, and then over and above that as well, there's lots of free keyword research tools out there. So there's um, Answer the Public, there's KeywordTool.io. There's absolutely loads of them just basically Google free keyword research tools and um, some are better than others and um, the two I've just mentioned are you know quite well known within the SEO kind of sector um, as decent ones there's some that you can pay for that are slightly cheaper than others um, but again you then start to get into kind of tiered subscriptions which start you know some of them start about 30, 30 pounds a month so it's not going to break the budget but again just make sure that if you are investing in these kind of tools that you're you're getting value out of them and you use them properly. I think what a, pe a lot of people are, are guilty of is signing up to something and then not really using it and not using, not getting the, the value from it. As an aside, there's also then um, a few others away from keyword research. There's a great tool uh, called Screaming Frog. Now, for anyone who's not heard of Screaming Frog, um, the name is a little bit of a, of a curveball. But basically, it's a site scraper. So you download the software and I think for free, you can scrape about 500 URLs. So you put your website address in and it will crawl your website like Google 
would crawl your website. So you can see which pages are accessible, which aren't. You can see things like the page title, the description. So you can see where you've got gaps in those kind of essential SEO pieces, kind of the basics, and it'll help you to get those basics right. Um, if you pay for it, I think the license is about 130 pounds a year. You can then scrape pretty much unlimited URLs until it slows your computer down, um, which is usually about a million, you know, a million records, and it starts okay. to get a little bit slow. But um, so that's a, a great one from understanding if your your website is working as you think it is working. Um, and so yeah, there's things like that. But then you start to get into more complex topics around scraping and things like that. So um, that's that's getting a little bit more advanced. Okay, yeah, so what I was going to say before we, um, I mean, that's it, is, this is the one topic where Googling it probably is good advice because any result that comes up on the first page of Google to help you with SEO, by definition has good SEO on its own page, so you can sort of trust what they're doing. Yeah, just make sure you don't click on the PPC results, which <laughs> I, I always find quite ironic, you get people bidding on PPC terms for an SEO agency, um, like you say, yeah, if, if they can't rank their own website, then you know maybe don't trust them. Um, but equally, you know, there's also an old kind of saying in the SEO world that a great agency has a terrible website because they're so busy doing great client work that they don't look after their own website. But yeah, that's I think agencies have cottoned on to that these days, and they they've kind of given their uh, given their own websites a little bit of a little bit of attention. <laughs> Yeah, the, the shoemaker always has dodgy shoes, doesn't he? Because he's, you know, he's not looking yeah. after his own. Yeah, yeah so, uh, the other thing that um, I was talking about when you were talking about Google Analytics is specifically about bounce rate, because especially on a kind of lead gen or new new targeted audience type logic, there are like when we when we talk to people about building landing pages, what we say is a sort of bish bash bosh for want of a, a more elegant phrase. But if they've come to your if you're Pages advertising, you know, a webinar they want to, or this this podcast episode, for example, the and you want them to make the podcast a bad bad example. If we if we're using targeting red SEO to get this really good white paper that we've written, what we want is for people to come to the website, click down on the white paper, and then go again. So, is is there a scenario where a high bounce rate is actually a good thing because it means your page is doing exactly what you want it to do? If SEO people are in in more of a research stage of the funnel than, than a buying stage, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, whether, whether bounce rate would ever be a good thing, I think what you would still always want someone to do is come on, you know, create a value exchange for a white paper, say, but then go on to explore the rest of your site, your products, your services. Now, typically, where you have a very plain strip back landing page is that that PPC example where you know, the intent is for the user to come in, they're in a, you know, kind of PPC traffic tends to be higher intent, less research yeah. focused. So they tend to know what they want. They've seen your ad, they'll come on and they just want to complete the value exchange, leave and move on with their day. Value exchanges from an SEO perspective tend to be kind of part of a flow. And I think it's really important, especially when you, when you talk about the engagement metrics like bounce rate and dwell time from an SEO perspective, you would always have some kind of content targeting your audience and the things they're searching for and looking to understand. You know, SEO traffic tends to be a little bit more higher funnel um, research phase, trying to understand their options maybe, especially in a B2B market. Um, let's say if you're a, a hardware, IT hardware provider, 
you know, people might be researching the different types of technology on the market. So you might want them to, to um, complete that value exchange to maybe get your brochure, but you still wouldn't want to see that high bounce rate. So it's really understanding the intent of the landing page and what you as a business are wanting a user to do on that page. Now, from an SEO perspective, you wouldn't want someone just to come onto a page, request the brochure and then leave. Um, which is why typically you also then get paid search and organic search or SEO having separate landing pages for the same thing because PPC, you know, high intent, like as you say, bish bash bosh, fill in the form, off you go. Um, whereas SEO, you know, the business will recognize that the, the value is not instantaneous. It's about giving people that thought, that idea, just planting the seed. And quite often, you know, what SEO is great for is giving people research, understanding and knowledge that maybe two weeks down the line. And again, this depends on the consumer life cycle for you, for any business or any brand is further down the line thinking, oh, I was looking for a new server the other week and, you know, website A gave me some great information. I'll go and check that out again, maybe share it with a peer of mine in the business. And that's, you know, that's a great example of how the, the right content written in the right way can resonate with someone and then start to lead to that purchase journey. A um, little bit different with B2C. Um, you tend to get people maybe just sharing things with their friends, looking for feedback and things like that. And it will be a lot of a shorter life cycle, purchase cycle than it is for B2C. But there's, you know, similar processes can be, can be true for both. Oh, okay. I, I think we're in danger of getting quite quite far down the, the technical long-term thinking rabbit hole. I think we've done a quite a good job of, um, of covering the basics of SEO and how to how to think smartly about it for for marketers, for devs, for for everyone else. So I reckon that's probably quite a good place to to wrap it up and tell people to go and go and start putting some of this into practice. Yeah, and I, I think the I suppose as a parting thought, the one thing I, I would say is you know getting the basics right is is actually really easy to do and it's something that i'm a huge champion of especially for for small businesses is that you don't need to necessarily go and pay an agency to do a lot of the, the seo basics for you you will be paying a lot of money for stuff that nine times out of ten with a little bit of research you can do yourself very easily things like page titles meta descriptions image alts and, and titles things like that could actually be done really easily through a content management system and um, getting those basics right is great and then it's about how you build on that in terms of things like content strategy think about blogs you know, think like your customer and what they might search for when they're looking for a product or service like your brand and write content around what you think your user is is looking for and if you start to go down that path and build that content strategy it's it's actually really easy to get these fundamentals of SEO right and start to get those foundations in place. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. One further thought: I, I keep seeing things about company ranking for their own brand name in SEO, and that strikes me as a completely pointless thing because if if people know you well enough to search directly for your brand name, then you don't. Then they're further down the the interest funnel than than SEO needs to. To engage them with anyway so that's probably a fun thing to, to absolutely not do is it i i i would hope any well-built website will and well-built brand will rank for itself anyway 
you shouldn't have to put effort into ranking for your own brand terms <laughs> unless you, know, you share you know unless you share a, a common word with either another brand or you know a kind of more global freight um yeah you should never have to do that and i think that's where seo again feeds into a wider brand mix you know wider marketing mix is that you know brand searching seo really should be driven by above the line marketing campaigns you know things like you know, tv or radio or press you know even things like door drops and out of home advertising that's what drives people to search for your brand so if you're having to optimize for your brand i would probably put money on there's something not quite right there <laughs> okay yeah all right we'll leave it there so thank thank you very much for being on and hopefully we've um, inspired some people to go out and do some seo stuff for themselves and get some look start getting some results no worries great to chat bye bye, bye for now thank you Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and, and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. Maybe leave us a review. If you can think of a topic that you, you'd like us to cover, or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic, uh, you can reach us at marketingteam at spotler.co.uk. Thanks once again and happy marketing.